What? The McRib is back. The McRib is back? The McRib is back. It's the cure to COVID. Oh, wow. How did it take scientists so long to figure that out? Bring back the McRib. (laughs) And we have our start. Okay. Okay. We're not sponsored by McDonald's, but but, bring but we want to Mc- be. Bring back the McRib. Bring the spicy chicken McNuggets. <laughs> Ooh, dude, spicy nugs are so good, though. Uh, we are hungry. Okay, here we go. Three, <laughs> two, and. Welcome into the Smith and Seidel show. I'm Jacob Seidel alongside Zach Smith, and we got a show for you today. A show? What kind of show, Jacob? Well, according to our shirt I made up, the best sports podcast available. Wow, it's like Blue's Clues, but better. Yes, we have merch. It's on its way. Uh, Zach and I are going to talk a little bit more about it. You can find it on teespring.com. Any proceeds go into Zach and I's pocket so we can, you know, fund doing this. Better equipment leads to better quality, which leads to better episodes, which leads to more listeners. It's a pyramid scheme. Kind of. Kind of. Yeah, it's it's almost the exact opposite of a pyramid scheme, Zach. I know. I know. (laughs) I know. Okay, and... We're going to start this one off the way we start off every episode. Today in sports history, in 1993, the SEC had their first, or correction, their second ever SEC championship game between number nine, Florida, and number 16, Alabama. Florida Wayne. Florida Wayne. Florida won 28 to 13. The Florida Gators won the second SEC championship game. Yeah, so uh, a lot of SEC championships were played on this date. I wasn't going to put them all all of them in there because, one, I don't have the time. Two, it's a lot. It's a lot. First one was played in 1992. It is 2020. It's at least six. It's at least six. Okay, we're going to jump straight in to NCAA football now. And the first thing we want to talk about is Jarrett Patterson uh, from uh, the State University of New York at Buffalo, more more commonly known as Buffalo, tied the the NCAA single game rushing touchdown record with eight touchdowns. He had quite the game against the Golden Flashes of Kent State. 36 carries. 409 rushing yards, eight touchdowns. He had no receiving yardage at all. All of his yardage came running the ball. He averaged 11.4 yards a carry, his longest run being 62 yards. Yeah, but, but the, the craziest stat, the craziest stat is that he averaged a touchdown every four and a half carries. So just around that, because I mean, you're not going to have half a carry. So about every five carries, he was in the end zone. Which is insane, and his he might have gotten a little bit of draft stock out of that one. He uh, he was getting interviewed after the game by I want to say CBS Sports, and he was talking and said, "Yeah, coach didn't realize that I tied the record, or else I would have broken it." <laughs> Overall, you gotta really, really just get through that, man. Like Jarrett Patterson was by far the best player on this roster going into the year for Buffalo. And they're a Mac school. Buffalo was my, my pick to win the Mac this year. They are in bowl contention. I wouldn't be surprised that they got into a bowl game. Buffalo has just been playing really, really well. And it's because of that man, Jarrett Patterson, who should be at least a day two pick in the draft in April. echoed out throughout the month of December. Um, For those of you who did not see or listen on Tuesday, 
and postponed last week uh sort of spend thanksgiving with our families so happy holidays to clear that up first and foremost uh secondly these rankings are really all over the place so i'm gonna go ahead and read them out to you uh 25 to number one uh that number 25 is louisiana raging cajuns 24 tulsa 23 the oregon ducks 22 washington 21 the thundering herd of marshall USC at 20, Iowa at 19, Coastal Carolina at 18, which we kind of thought was a little low. The North Carolina Tar Heels at 17, the Wisconsin Badgers at 16, the Cowboys of Oklahoma State at 15, Northwestern at 14, BYU at 13, Indiana at 12, Oklahoma at 11. Number 10 is Miami, the Hurricanes. Number 9 is Iowa State, the Bulldogs of Georgia at 8. Cincinnati is at seven, Florida at six, Texas A&M at five, Ohio State ranked at four, Clemson at three, Notre Dame at two, and Alabama at one. So I I guess this is the first time that you and I, sir, are going to be able to sit and delineate upon these college football playoff rankings. So I've got three questions that you and I are both going to answer here, and I will go ahead and start it off accordingly. So in your eyes, who does not deserve their placement amongst the top 25? Well, first off, Zach, delineate. That's a $10 word if I ever heard one. Scrabble. Scrabble. And secondly, it's the number three and four teams. I'm an Ohio State fan, but I'm standing by what I said weeks ago. If you are the reason a game cannot be played and you have to cancel you should have to forfeit that game. Clemson Clemson irresponsibly let a player exhibiting COVID, COVID symptoms practice all week and then got to Florida State, the Seminoles found out, and canceled. That should have hurt their college football playoff rankings. I, Ohio State not playing last week against Illinois and not playing against Maryland, which are were going to be two wins they needed, really hurts their stances. But I, this is where I think you see Texas A&M, Florida, and Cincinnati. Yeah, Cincinnati has their game this week canceled, but they've played every week until now. It's, it's really hard because you can say any of these top eight teams deserve to make the college football playoffs, and only four of them will. Uh, and as of now, with another game getting canceled for the Buckeyes, it will eliminate them from Big Ten championship consideration. And I don't think they make the college football playoffs if they're not in that Big Ten championship game. Yeah, COVID has really been something that has helped certain teams and it has really hurt others. Um, this time being Ohio State. Uh, Ohio State is not the only team that has exhibited it. Uh, Nick Saban, coach for the Crimson Tide of Alabama, was not able to coach for his second game this season due to COVID-19 concerns. Um, and, and here's the thing, and we said it on Tuesday. What we're, we're not mad about the fact that players catch COVID-19. We, will, we, we cannot be mad about it. We're, we're mad about it when... Things happen with uh, officials or coaches or whatever that just disregard the rules. So that, let, let me clarify that. Um, to answer the question of what team does not deserve their ranking or their placement in my eyes, it's the number eight team. It's the Georgia Bulldogs. Look, Georgia should not be up this high. Georgia is number eight and they've lost two games. They lost to Florida, who is at number six, and they've lost, I want to say, to Alabama. Now, this this is a two-loss team. There are one-loss teams and no-loss teams underneath them. Look at BYU at 13. BYU is undefeated at 9-0, and and they're at 13. Georgia's a two-loss team. Yeah, they've lost to good teams, but the other thing you have to sit here and look at is the pure fact that Georgia lost two games and the committee is ultimately going to value apparently those two losses more than they're going to sit there and say, well, BYU is undefeated. I'm and that was the biggest one there. The, the, the two biggest rankings that I saw was Ohio State getting moved down to four when these rankings were released and BYU being at 13. 
BYU has played so well this year. Zach Wilson has played himself into a first round caliber quarterback, and he's at thirteen. That that's just ridiculous. To me. I would I would go with. I think Cincinnati is too low. I think they should be above Florida, or at least Texas A and M should not be at number five. Luke Fickle and his team have really they've cleared every hurdle thrown their way. They haven't just cleared them. They've been high jumping over these hurdles. The Bearcats are by far the best team in the American Conference. I think they're better than a lot of teams in the Power Five conference their conferences. And BYU should be right there behind them. Now, BYU has a big test against Coastal Carolina this week, who is ranked number 18. That could show us if there's some vulnerability there. But as of right now, I think Cincinnati and BYU should be up higher, and I would argue Iowa State. Their loss was to the Raging Cajuns of Louisiana Lafayette, but I think the Cyclones are a quality team that deserves a better look. So let me ask you this question. Who in your eyes should be higher on this list? Where would you place them? And what team and the team that they replaced, where would you place them? So like if I were to say like Louisiana at 25 should be at the number one spot, uh, where should I be placing Alabama on this list? So who should move up and who would you replace it? BYU should move up. Okay. But the way this I look at this. Well, first off, I'll go with this one. Florida should be six. Cincinnati or Florida should be five. Cincinnati should be six. BYU should be seven. In Texas A&M should be eight in my eyes as of right now, as of how from the eye test for me. And that would mean Georgia would be moving down to 13. I, I think that is a more appropriate ranking for college football. I think that shows that who has the better rankings, who has the better schedules, who has played better in games where they should have lost. I think Florida is the only contender, the only team above Cincinnati that or in before the playoff teams that deserves to be above Cincinnati. They've had some real quality wins, but Georgia is a pretender. We already said that the other one I would maybe fight would be Wisconsin. I think they deserve to be a little bit higher. I think they deserve to be above Oklahoma at least. But we'll, we'll see how that happens in the next college football rankings. A lot of what's going to happen depends on this week. This might be, this is going to be the biggest test for those non-Power 5 schools in the top 10 this week. Yeah, I would agree with you. But the, 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 the team that I think should be higher is BYU. BYU has played so well. And where would I place them? They deserve top 10 contention for me. And they they deserve to go in over a two-loss Oklahoma. They deserve to go in over Miami. I would probably place BYU probably at about a, a 9 or a 10. Um, I've already said my piece. I think Georgia is up way too high. Way too high. I could understand like a mid-teen, maybe like an upper teen, like a 13 or a 14. But there is no reason why they should be in the top 10. There isn't. This, this Georgia team on offense is not as it was. This defense is still good, but it it is not caliber to be in the top ten. BYU is nine and zero, and I think with the win this week over Coastal Carolina, which we'll talk about here in a second, will excuse me, will move BYU up. Um, Texas A and M has been kind of skeptical all year. Uh, they've had a couple of games canceled. They they're a one loss team and. The, the biggest snub right now is Cincinnati. Cincinnati should not be at seven. I could see Florida moving up. I could see Cincinnati moving up. But Texas A&M and Georgia are the two pretenders, I feel, in the top 25. And whether that's correct or not, that's how I feel. And I think that, you know, I think that you should see BYU in the top 10, probably at about like an, an eight or a nine. I agree with that wholeheartedly. I think those are two... Cincinnati and BYU are the two best teams that aren't making the playoffs as of right now. 
Uh, we will move on now. We'll start off going through some of the top 25 games this last week. Crimson Tide will win the Iron Bowl against Auburn 42-13. to And I, I told Zach before we started recording, it was so weird to see an Iron Bowl that wasn't the last game of the season, just like it was weird not to see the game after the uh, this Saturday after Thanksgiving. Yeah, COVID has just been weird in a lot of regards, and this, unfortunately, was one of the things that came out of it. Um, still a good game out of the Iron Bowl. Bo Nix played as well as he could for Auburn, but unfortunately, no Nick Saban was no problem for Alabama. Yeah. That pushes us into another SEC matchup of Florida manhandling Kentucky, 34-10. to 10. Uh, So the SEC remains very competitive here as the season comes to a close. And Zach, this is where I'll take your hot take and say Florida wins the SEC and goes to the college football playoff over Alabama. You're agreeing with I'm it? I'm agreeing with you. I think Florida is the best team in the SEC right now. Wow. Alabama is... They don't, first off, I didn't talk about it, but I think Notre Dame is the clear and concise number one right now. Okay. With a win over Clemson, and they've really steamrolled every opponent they've played this year. But you've heard of a wolf wearing sheep's clothing. Alabama is a sheep wearing wolf's clothing right now. They look big and tough, but they have some vulnerabilities. And I think Florida in an SEC title game can take those and push themselves into the top four. Man, I'm so glad that you agree with me on my on my my hot take of the Florida Gators being the best team in the SEC. Look, Alabama in a lot of regards, and I'm not saying this. You don't want to take this out of context. I think that Alabama is an overrated football team. And what I mean by that is, yeah, they, they have the best recruits and they have all these good defensive players, but in a lot of ways, Alabama doesn't play anybody. Now, again, out of context, Alabama is a very, very good team. It's a very well-coached team. Alabama is a great team in college football, but this year, I do not think they are the best team in college football. I don't know who is because every single team that I have watched this year in the top 10 has shown glimpses of unbeatability and moments of susceptibility. Um, Alabama has looked weak from time to time. They've looked inconsistent from time to time, but Alabama is a type of team that will always pull through and win. Alabama is a very, very good team. Notre Dame has had moments against teams like Clemson, like uh, North Carolina, where they've struggled, but they found ways through. Clemson obviously has a loss under their belt, and Ohio State has found seen moments where that defense gets shredded, the offense can't stay on the field. There's, there's a lot of questions with a lot of teams, but I think that clearly and concisely, the most consistent team in college football is Florida. I, I would agree with that. They've, they've looked good. They've passed the eye test. Now all that's left is the SEC championship game. And they got to get there first. They got to get there first. We'll go from there to the ACC. Number one, Notre Dame beating North Carolina 31-17 as they are getting closer to clinching the number one seed in the ACC championship game. Yeah, and the thing that's weird about that game, too, is that UNC was in it all the way up until the end. And that's why I say Notre Dame has looked very inconsistent. Notre Dame has been, in a lot of ways, a team that says, please, come try to beat us. This is a but, matchup I would like to see. A, a matchup I would like to see, I should say, in the playoffs might be Notre Dame and Cincinnati. Because Notre Dame's weaknesses are Cincinnati's strengths. It's going to be really interesting to see what happens again. Temple and Cincinnati was canceled over the weekend. Um a lot of it is what comes down to what's important to the committee. And that's really where it stands as of right now. Are we going to see a committee that's going to value wins and losses, or are we going to see a committee that values consistency? Um, there's a lot of things that the committee should be looking at, but doesn't. So we got to look at it from that perspective. Northwestern number eight fell to Michigan state. 
over the weekend. Michigan State now two and three will travel to the shoe to take on the Buckeyes this weekend. And that's that's really big for Northwestern as they were looking and they are still looking to be in the driver's seat of the Big Ten West uh, and face off with whoever comes out of the Big Ten East, whether it be Ohio State or another team. But Michigan State, this might be a trap game for the Buckeyes after they were canceled last week against Illinois. You know, I I would agree with you, but I wouldn't at the same time. I think this Ohio State team is a little angry. Um, They've missed playing. And the last time we saw them, they almost, for lack of better terms, blew a game against Indiana. So I, I need to see a little bit more out of this Ohio State team. And that's something really rare to say about a Buckeyes team is I need to see more. And Justin Fields may be the best quarterback in football, and he may have the best receivers in football. But the thing that is for sure about this Buckeyes team is their defense is not as good as it once was. And that's what happens when you lose three guys to the draft at least every year. This is the Buckeyes defense that is in a rebuilding year, and I say that with quotes rebuilding year because the Buckeyes never rebuild their defense because they always have somebody that is just they always have a bunch of guys that are just okay next man up he left for the draft he's an NFL player my turn the Buckeyes don't have that right now but they're getting there and as we mentioned BYU is gonna face Coastal Carolina this weekend, that game getting agreed upon on Thursday, the third. Uh, again, BYU ranked currently at number 13 in the nation, going to be taking on number 18 in the nation. Two teams that have been really, really impressive this year. So, right now, before that game kicks off, who would you say is the winner of that game, BYU or Coastal? That's hard to say. I will say that this is a power move by both teams. For Coastal Carolina, it's going to show that they can play with ranked teams and they can win. For BYU, it's going to prove the same thing, but maybe give them playoff consideration. This is a great matchup, but I think Brigham Young comes out of this. I would agree with you. BYU is my pick here. Uh, and it's it's pretty easy. Coastal Carolina is having a great season, and I cannot take anything away from them for that. But BYU is playing at a different level. This is a team that is capable of winning a championship this year. Um, they've gotten the quality wins. They've gotten the good wins. They beat Boise State earlier this year. But Zach Wilson has been playing so well this year, and, and you can't take away from that. He's got to be in contention for the Heisman. He's got to be in contention to get drafted in the first round. He's been just an overall impressive player. And that's what I've loved about this BYU team is that they're impressive. They're winning week to week. They're winning the tough weeks. They're winning the tough games. BYU should be higher for that reason. And now that they get that quality top 20 ranked opponent that's starting to get like Coastal Carolina has the UCF vibes to me where they're just really, really good and then snubbed. And I think that's what this Coastal Carolina team is. I'm not going to sleep on them, that's for sure. I think they but, should be ranked a lot higher than where they are at 18. But the thing that's going to be really, really cool about this game is that we're about to see a battle of two of the best and most underrated programs in the nation. Yeah, and I'm really excited for this. This is a game I will probably watch uh, or at least flip back and forth while watching another game. Uh, it's it's in an... It's going to be fun. It's, it's going to be a good game, everyone. I'm calling this right now. If BYU wins this, this shotguns them into the top top eight. I won't say top eight. I'll say top ten. I'll say top ten easily. Um, you see, they, they have a couple of things in the way, and the biggest thing that's in their way is the teams ahead of them, mainly Miami and Oklahoma. Um, the... Committee has clearly shown where their loyalties lie as in terms of what they like to see in certain teams. So you, you got to look and say, okay, well, they really do like Miami. They clearly like Georgia. Georgia, again, should not be as high up as it is. I could see BYU in the top 10, though. That's for sure. Uh, and then number four, Clemson. Rolled Pitt 
And really, Clemson just looks different with Trevor Lawrence. You see, Trevor, he he's just a mystery man to me. And the reason being is, is I don't know if Clemson is better with him or better without him. Clemson's got a lot of really, really great players. And Clemson is the type of team that can just continue to build around player. Like look at Travis Etienne, who is the ACC's all time leading rusher. Etienne is going to be a first round caliber guy this year. Clemson is full of first round caliber players, but Trevor Lawrence just passes the eye test. He's eye candy. He is the Fabio of college football. He's a guy you want to watch and have on your team. He has a 19 to two turnover or touchdown to interception ratio, which is almost unheard of in college football. He's going to go to the draft. I have no doubt in my mind he will be drafted number one overall by likely the New York Jets. But the, the, the question is, is, is there enough around Trevor Lawrence and it's just the playmakers that he has that makes that team look so good? Or is it Trevor Lawrence that makes that team look so good? That's what I'm looking at. Now, I want to hit the Mac just a little bit with you, Zach. We're going a bit off script. Uh, let's look at that. We already talked about Buffalo, let's talk a little bit more about him. A 70-41 to 41 win over Kent State. Is Buffalo a team that's getting snubbed by not being ranked? No, not at all. And the reason being is that it's the MAC. The MAC is not the football schools. MAC is not like that. It's, it's a good ranking. It's a good D1 ranking. But we have not had a solid MAC contender out in a while. It's been a little bit. Um... Buffalo's not getting snubbed, although I could see them potentially push into that 25 or 24 spot over Tulsa or Louisiana. But the thing is that they need to have more dominant wins like they did against Kent State. You need to be able to put up those 50, 60 point flashy games because that's the type of game that the committee is going to want to see. So we'll take a look at Western Michigan. They had to come from behind to beat Northern Illinois, 30-27. to 27. Western leading the MAC West uh, after beating Central Michigan earlier this season. If standings stay how they do now, it's going to be Buffalo and Western Michigan. Do the Broncos have what it takes to stay in with Western? Or, or to, with Buffalo, pardon me. That depends. And it's, can you stop the run? Look, no matter if it's the NFL or the NCAA, dominant running backs are tough to stop. Look at Derrick Henry in the NFL. You can prolong it, but Derrick Henry is going to find pay dirt. He will, and you cannot do anything to stop him. Jarrett Patterson kind of has that same effect in the Mid-American Conference, and the reason why he will be at least a second-round pick. You know, you, you got to really look at, the team of Western Michigan, the Broncos, and it's can they stop the run effectively? I don't know if they can do that. They've allowed a couple of high-scoring games already. Yeah, you're 4-0, and but as you, know, you look at some of these other teams that have gone undefeated or are looking to be undefeated, Colin Cowherd called the 11-0 Pittsburgh Steelers a hollow 11-0. Yeah, you won, but do you deserve it? I kind of look at the Western Michigan Broncos the same way. That Toledo game was a nail-biter up to the end. The only game that you really blew anybody out was Akron, as you should blow them out. I don't know if they passed the eye test for me. Ball State came off a 27-24 win. <laughs> Pardon me. Bless you. Uh, they're now 3-1. and one. They beat Toledo. And if Ball State can beat Central Michigan and Western Michigan uh, can win next week, the winner of that game will represent the MAC West. Does Ball State have what it takes to kind of pull that upset? They're kind of the surprise team in the MAC West this year. You know, it, it's about heart. You can look at analytics all you want, but a lot of it's about heart. After this week, there's only one more game for each MAC team on this shortened season. So. You, you have to look at it from the perspective of, I need to win one game at a time. This game matters. That game right now does not. So that, that's the way you got to do it. You got to win what you can control. Ball State, can they do it? Yes, they can. Will they do it? That's the question. Bowling Green now 0-4 in the year as they fell to Ohio 52-10. to 
Uh, Matt McDonald, 9 of 20, 125 yards and three interceptions. Uh, he's just not where, not what a lot of BG fans were expecting. Uh, but Bowling Green season is all but done. Ohio kind of making a bit of a push at 2-1, and one, but with that cancellation against Miami, it's going to hurt them. Oh, for sure. It's going to hurt. But, you know, talking back on this BG team, they take on the Akron Zips this weekend. Um, the Akron Zips haven't won a game in over a year and are favored to win that game. This BG team has talent. They are a young, emerging team. And that's what you got to really like about this team. The freshmen really getting an opportunity to shine and play well. Like, look at Terrion Stewart. Terrion Stewart has been fantastic for the Falcons this year. Matt McDonald, no, he has not been what the team wants him to be, but he has brought a little bit of consistency. doesn't turn the ball over much. He has been a guy who can sit there and be a spark plug for this offense. you got to see more out of him. I need to see him push the ball down the field more, but I'm, I've actually been very pleasantly surprised at what Matt McDonald brings to the table. And finally, Miami destroying Akron. 40 or 38 to 7 in that game. Next week's schedule Toledo goes to Northern Illinois and Kent State at Miami was canceled. Bowling Green visits Akron. Ball State will go to Central Michigan. Eastern Michigan will face Western Michigan in Kalamazoo. And the Bulls will go down to Athens to play the Ohio Bobcats. Is, a, is Ohio a trap game for Buffalo? No, it's not. I don't see any team beating Buffalo. I do not either. And from there, we're going to move on now from college football to college basketball. And we'll start off with the Lights, Camera, Maction segment. We're going to highlight a team in the Mid-American Conference every week. This week, it just so happens to be the Bowling Green Falcons. Off to a 2-1 record. They have a game, a last-minute game scheduled tonight uh, against Purdue University Northwest, a Division II school. Uh, they only lost by 14 to number 25, who was ranked number 25, Michigan, uh, to start the season. And they take on Buffalo in a pivotal early season MAC matchup on Sunday. Bowling Green has looked really good. There's a reason why so many people said that they were going to win the MAC this year. And the thing with Bowling Green that they have that a lot of other teams don't is experience. Players who have been there, done that. Of the starters on the floor, Four of them are returning players from last year. The only starter from last year who was gone from this team, well, other than Taylor Matos, is Dylan Fry. Dylan Fry, of course, graduating, BGSU's all-time three-point shooter. Justin Turner continues his dominance, where I believe he will be picked next year in the NBA draft, should he go, which I think he should. Daquan Plowden continues to be just as dominant as ever. Caleb Fields is a force on defense and woke up the offense. Trey Diggs on the offensive side of the ball uh, coming off of the bench has been really good. The guy that I've been very, very, very surprised seeing is Caleb Matheny, the freshman. Look, he's 5'11", but he plays like he's 6'5". Gotta love what he brings to the table. BG 2-1 on the year, as you mentioned, should be 3-1 after the game on Thursday. And you mentioned a pivotal matchup against Buffalo on Sunday, the 6th. I think that could be a make-or-break game for Buffalo. Buffalo's got a tough schedule, and BG can really capitalize on that. Yeah, and Michael Huger has done a great job since he became the head coach of this program and really turning it around. This is a team that has not made the NCAA tournament since 1968. That was, I, I don't remember if he was on that team, but that's in the era of Nate Thurman, you know, a little NBA player, won a few championships, uh, one of the better players you've like seen out of the Mid-American Conference ever. This is a team that I think, well, last year, I think the Falcons were going to finally break that wall down and get back to the NCAA tournament. Zach and I were supposed to be calling that at the Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse, uh, and then I was in the room when they canceled the tournament. But this year, I think this is going to be the best Bowling Green team the Falcons may have ever seen. And that's the scariest part. That's the scariest part for any team. I don't think 
a lot of people are going to be able to figure out BG. Uh, I really like what Ohio University is bringing to the table this year. That much I will say. OU looked really good against Illinois to open up the season. But don't sleep on these Falcons. Don't be surprised if they start getting maybe a look at of being ranked. That's how confident I am in this team. Okay, we'll move on to some other NCAA games. Uh, really, the biggest upset we've had is number eight Michigan State upsetting Duke. And what else is new? Tom Izzo has another good Spartan team. That's the scariest part, man. Tom Izzo is one heck of a coach. Michigan State has been really gifted with players lately. Cassius Winston going to the NBA draft just a few weeks ago. Look, Duke is good. Duke is usually really consistent under Coach K. But the thing is, is that with with Duke, is all their really talented players, whether they're freshmen or not, disappear in the draft. Look at Zion Williamson. Zion wanted to stay, but Coach K is like, no, dude, you, you got to go. You, you have to go play in the NBA. Duke is really good at pushing out NBA caliber players. But Michigan State does not get enough love, and that's what I'm saying. I'm not surprised that this game was an upset. Yeah, Tom Izzo may be the best coach in the Big Ten. Uh, he, he coaches his players with heart. He pushes them to their limits, and they respect that. Number one, Gonzaga beat West Virginia. Not a big surprise there. Uh, number seven, Kansas had a little bit trouble with number 20, Kentucky. Also, I can't remember the last time Kentucky was ranked this low. Uh, they won that game 65-62. to And Ohio State, they're 3-0. and They beat Moorhead State 77-44. Moorhead's unranked. But the Buckeyes sitting at 23 looking pretty. Yeah, you talk about a team that's not getting a lot of love. Ohio State does not get a lot of love as a basketball school. You know, when you think of Ohio State, the first thing you're going to think of is football, obviously. Football is probably the best sport at Ohio State University, arguably speaking. However, basketball is pretty solid themselves. It's a great program that they've started to build there. And, you know, what, what are you really going to do? You can't really stop a team like this. Ohio State has been playing really well. It, and the way they're playing reminds me back in the day in the Final Four with, uh, you had John Diebler on that team. You had uh, Aaron Kraft, Jared Sullinger. This team that really should have won a national title and just ran into the Kansas Jayhawks and lost on what a call, a call I still dispute. They said Aaron Kraft left the free throw line too early, and that's basically what ended the game. Um, we'll see what happens. I think they're better to be. They should be ranked higher than twenty three, but we'll see what the Buckeyes can do. Your- that brings us into the top 10. I'll go ahead and let you breathe a minute there, sir. Um, Gonzaga ranked at number one. No surprise there. Baylor at two. Iowa, the Hawkeyes at three. Wisconsin at four. Illinois at five. Duke at six. Kansas at seven. Michigan State at eight. Creighton at nine. Houston at 10. Four Big Ten teams are in the top 10. Six in the top 25. The ACC has six. The Big 12 with four teams. SEC's got three. The Big East with one. The Pac-12 with two. And no Power 5 team. Oh, wait. Gonzaga, I mean, Gonzaga is technically sorry. a group of five school, and they're at number one, which is we shouldn't be surprised about, but I'm going through conferences there. That's I think that's something we should at least mention. But really, first off, that group of three Big Ten schools at the 3, 4, and 5 spot, Iowa probably being the biggest surprise of them all. Illinois, not really. Illinois has been a solid basketball program in the past. And then Wisconsin, the Badgers starting to kind of turn around and get back up top there. Um, I Is this a changing of the guard? Is the Big Ten retaking the title of best basketball conference from the ACC? It's gone back and forth between those two for years. It's really tough to say because, again, the uh, the ACC pumps out great basketball teams. You go Duke, you've got, you know, North Carolina is always up there. Uh, Virginia, Virginia Tech. You know, Notre Dame even depends on the year, but Notre Dame sometimes brings out good basketball teams. You know, when, when you look at it, 
I don't know if you can call it a changing of the guard. I think that you just look at each year, different schools bring different things to the table. Um, you know, Baylor a couple years ago, Baylor was like a bottom teen school, not even in there. And now Baylor is a consistent powerhouse. You know, I would, you mentioned as a surprise in there, Wisconsin is starting to turn the tide. Illinois is up there now. You know, you, you look at these teams and suddenly, but slowly, but surely they are making their push to be amongst the top 10. I don't think you can call it a changing of the guard. I think you have to look at it more. So as this is the time for right now. So, Zach, of these top 10 teams, when they get in a conference play outside of Gonzaga, who is the most vulnerable to fall out of the top 10? The most vulnerable to fall out of the top 10. That's actually a really tough question. Uh, If I had to give you one right now, I'd probably say Houston. Um, Yeah, Houston's number 10 and that, that you can throw at me. But Houston has been really inconsistent. The team that I'm surprised that's not up there is the Wildcats of Villanova. Uh, Villanova is almost an every year top 10 school. Villanova plays really, really well in basketball. Um, That's the team that I'm surprised the most that isn't in the top 10. Um, Houston will likely fall. You're looking at a lot of these teams likely falling back a spot or two. Gonzaga is going to stay within the top three. Baylor will stay within the top five. Duke is going to stay within the top 10. Michigan State will be in the top 10. Kansas in the top 10. Um, there's a, there's going to be a lot of fluctuation. With the season only being about a week or so old, it's really difficult to, to piece this out right now. But so far, all these teams passed the eye test. And Villanova, they're, they're just outside the top 10. They're at number 12. But I would agree with you with Houston. Uh, playing in the American, you have to play Cincinnati. Cincinnati's a pretty good basketball program. Uh, They haven't been what they were back in the day when they were winning natties, but they're still solid. I would also say I I think Wisconsin is vulnerable, especially when we get into Big Ten play, because Purdue, they might not be ranked. They're always solid. Michigan State is going to work their way up the ladder. It's going to be hard to stay in the top 10 if you're a Big Ten team. And I I think Duke as well. I don't know who Duke has this year, but I know when you look at North Carolina and you look at Virginia, a few of these big other ACC schools, they have a chance to knock them out. I would agree wholeheartedly with that. Even speaking with Villanova, you have other Big East schools, Xavier. Xavier is a team that we could see make a run, another school in Cincinnati that has a proud tradition of basketball. You know, and, and still Dayton too. Dayton. I mean, they lost Obi Toppin, but Dayton's still shown that they're pretty competitive in basketball themselves. So a lot of room to grow and wiggle around. Again, the season is still very, very young. You know, you could see a potential max school get thrown in there. You could see, you know, a, a couple other of these non-Power 5 teams get in there. Maybe a Big 10 team still pushes in. Maybe Ohio State moves up the ladder. You never know. You go. You got to appreciate the season what we have, and the athletes are certainly appreciating the season that they didn't know if they would play or not. So you got to just take it as it comes. Yeah, and the max schools, that the most likely max school to reach the uh, top 25 is going to be Bowling Green, especially with a winning if they win against Buffalo on Sunday and they're only lost to a team that was ranked at the time. Is that could the Falcons find their place at 24, 25, somewhere around there? You know, the Falcons went on a little bit of a run last year, too, where they actually earned some votes, but a loss really hurt them late in the year. So it's, it's all about the consistency and you better believe that coach Huger is going to sit there and say to his team, look, I don't care if we're not ranked. All I really care about is how well we're doing on the court. And that's probably the most important thing. Any other thoughts on college basketball, Zach, what are we looking to see? You know, I got, I'm in a position where I have to wait and see. There's a lot of people who are NBA draft hopefuls. There are a lot of teams who are trying to get over that hump. Virginia typically is one of those types of teams that's trying just to get over a hump. So that's what we really got to look for this year. So Zach and I are going to do something a little bit different. We are going to enter our NCAA hockey 
segment. And until conference play really starts, we're really just going to highlight one team uh, every week. This week, it's going to be the Bowling Green Falcons, who are 3-0. and oh. Uh, they have two wins against Division Three Adrian uh, by a score of six to two and five to nothing, and then coming off a win at Robert Morris six to three in Pittsburgh, and then a home and home Saturday and Sunday against Mercyhurst. Uh, they are in Erie, PA, I believe. Yes, Erie, PA. Uh, that will be a good series. The Falcons. So far, outscoring opponents 17 to 5. And they won't start WCHA play until January 1st, where they play Ferris State. They will play Ferris State December 11th and 12th, but that will not be a counted towards the conference standings. And then Quinnipiac. I, Zach, Quinnipiac is one of those schools who we've seen them in the Frozen Four, we've seen them make the NCAA tournament. That could be the biggest test the Falcons have until Minnesota State, Mankato, and Bemidji State come to town. When Ryan Vallon, who is the voice for Bowling Green Falcon Hockey, was calling the game on, let's see, this game was Tuesday. So when he was calling that game on Tuesday, he mentioned that you don't poke the bear. Bowling Green against Robert Morris on Tuesday was down 2 nothing at one point. BG then rallied to put up four unanswered goals. This BG team is dangerous behind Will Cullen, Cameron Wright, Connor Ford, Tim Theocharitis. You got to really look at where this team is built and it's built on its offensive end. Good offense leads to better D de- or better. Good defense leads to better offense is the same that I typically go for. When you look at it all together, this team is really, really well put together. And you thought after Alec Rawhauser left that this team was going to be left short a little bit, but that wasn't the case. You really got to appreciate what the goalkeepers are doing for this team um, and, and just look at it from that perspective. This Bowling Green Falcons team is very, very well put together. And that's the thing that you have to really be afraid of for this BG team this year. And that's what I'm. we're really looking to see in the last year of the WCHA for Bowling Green and a majority of teams in the WCHA before they reform the CCHA next year. I do want to just add a little bit on Long Island University. It is their first season as an NCAA affiliate or as an NCAA Division I program, they're 1-1. One one. They won their first game ever against Holy Cross and then lost the second. And, Zach, I'm, I'm looking for them. Uh, but it's getting hard to find them. They have what I think are the sharpest jerseys in college hockey. I honestly don't know what their jerseys look like, or else I'd be able to, you know, comment on it. But, you know, I I can't ever get over a good sleek jersey. And let's see here. Let's see here. I I found their Twitter page, but LIU, it's it's a really cool program. They've been club hockey for a while. They are jumped up playing their first year in a pandemic. Uh, But really, they're just they are beautiful jerseys. Take a take a look at that. I'll just Is that say, like a, a blue? Yeah. Uh, let me find the whites. kind of weird over the Discord here. I, I'm texting it to you right now. <laughs> okay. But yeah, it, it's a, such a sharp uniform. It, they look beautiful, and good luck to LIU, and I hope we get to see Bowling Green and LIU play at some point. Uh, but it, it's just a really cool thing to see a new team after all the Ivy League schools backed out of the season. Uh, we saw one of the Alaska teams back out and a few other teams that are main stays in the NCAA hockey landscape. And I think that's going to just about do it for us this week. Uh, it, we, we would like to apologize. This show was a bit of a, uh, we had a bit of an issues trying to come up with content for this show this week, uh, just because Zach and I's busy schedule with exam week and I'm and my job, my two jobs, 
Uh, but Zach, do you have any final thoughts for us? Uh, I've got a couple of things, actually. So, uh, first of all, again, as he said, no overreaction, underreaction this week. Uh, With the college football rankings from the committee just having come out, and this is the first time that he and I are really getting an opportunity to sit and uh, talk about it and delineate about it with everybody, um, we didn't feel that it was fair to make overreaction or underreaction for those tonight. And with the college basketball season being a week old, there's not a lot that we can really look for because it's all speculation and looking at. And we want to give the best quality content and facts as we can for this. Uh, that's why it seems like a little bit of a loss this week. Um, exam week is coming for a lot of college students around the country. So good luck to our fellow Falcons, as well as all of our fellow students around the nation. Good luck with your exams. Hope you all pass. Uh, a lot of snow is starting to come for a lot of states. So do drive safely. Do be careful. Do be safe. Um, we got another couple of, uh, of days here. Uh, as we're recording this on December 3rd, we've got a couple of more weeks until Christmas and New Year's and Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, whatever holiday you celebrate around this time. Uh, so a big happy holidays from the Smith and Seidel show. Yeah. And make sure you uh, pray for any college students in your life right now. Uh, this is the stress, most stressful time for a college student. But that's going to just about do it for us. Smith and Seidel show is produced by Jacob Seidel and Zach Smith. Uh, our intro and outro music is by Bobby Quinn Creative Music Production. He is highly recommended by the Smith and Seidel show. You can find him on Fiverr.com by searching Bobby Quinn C. On the Smith and Seidel logo was created by Dylan Hunter, a student at Bowling Green State University. Thank you, Dylan. Great logo. Looks great. And we love it. So for Zach Smith, I'm Jacob Seidel signing off and reminding you to stay safe, stay healthy, and I Ziggy Zumba.